This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 245 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. American Idol Christy Lee Cook. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Welcome to the Stable Scoop with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. Stable this is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Howdy, Helena. Howdy, Glenn. How I'm are you? Good. I'm so excited today. Why? Well, I know why, but tell everybody why. We got Christy Lee Cook, American Idol on. And, you know, I, I've been... I think that the year she was in was probably the last year. It was the seventh season, probably 2008 was the last year that Jennifer and I actually watched it together. We would watch it every year. We'd go to the concerts every year. But then they started messing around with the judges, and, you know, we didn't even watch it at all this year. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't turned it on. And Yeah, you used to be a big fan, seasons. too. I used to be, yeah. And, and now it's just, well, once they changed all the, you know, it was once Paula left, things just kind of went <laughs> there. Now, I liked, uh, I, I liked uh, J-Lo last year. I thought she was really good, but I cannot watch Nicki Minaj talk. I cannot listen to her talk or look at her. So I can't stand her. I uh, cannot stand her. Her voice is just so weird. (laughs) She has the weirdest, squeakiest voice. And then the thing she says, I go, what? I just don't understand her. What? I know. Exactly. She's, I, I really, I have a distaste for her. So what I've been doing this year is occasionally I'll get on YouTube and watch some of the contestants just do their songs and not watch any of the other stuff. Because they do have a really good crop of contestants this year. You know it's down to four women. So there will be a woman that wins this year for the first time in a long, probably what, since Carrie Underwood. Uh, So, yeah, so uh, I think that's exciting. But, uh, yeah, Christy Lee Cook's joining us. Of course, she's a horse girl. Yeah. And uh, she's going to be joining us today. Plus, I have some man rules for you that one of our listeners posted on one of our pages, and I thought I would share them because I think that they are appropriate and uh, sticking up for the guys. Plus, plus Lindsay... <laughs> they're funny. If they're not appropriate, at least they're funny. <laughs> plus, Lindsay White from Riders for Helmets campaign has a special announcement for us. So that's all coming up today. Plus, you have a product for Tack and Habit. I do indeed. Something that could be quite yummy. Yummy. Mm. Well. Food? It could help with yummy. Oh, okay. (laughs) It wouldn't be yummy itself. It could help with yummy. Okay. All right. Good. Good, good, good. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, We're going to go off to Lindsay White from the Riders for Helmets campaign with an important announcement that our listeners are going to want to participate in. And I have Lindsay with me from the Riders for Helmets campaign. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Glenn. Every year about this time, you stop by and tell us about wonderful things that can happen for people. I know. I've got some pretty exciting news yet again. Well, tell us. Tell us. What is it? 
Well, um, in honor of Riders for Helmets third anniversary, can you believe it's been three years? That's oh, I don't know where it's gone. Anyway, and um, in honor of us attending Rolex, because the folks at Rolex have very generously again um, invited us to be at the event and promote helmet safety. Um, we are going to do our annual whopping helmet giveaway again so i'm super super excited are you giving away whopping helmets or a lot of helmets oh uh, we're giving a lot of helmets oh, okay <laughs> you never know there might be a whopping helmet in there too that's a, that's a size i take whopping <laughs> <laughs> no so uh, we are we are really excited we actually have over ten thousand dollars in retail oh. of helmets we're giving away and, wow you're getting serious and- about this <laughs> We are, and we're also going to be giving away an iPad as well, so we're really, really excited. Wow, that's terrific. Now, it used to be in the past, I think the first year you did it, boy, it's been so many years, I don't remember how it all worked, but uh, you used to have to be at Rolex uh, to win it in Kentucky. Uh, do you is that the case anymore? No, we're going we're going to have a registration for the giveaway both on the website riders the number four and then helmets with an s dot com, and then also you can register at the booth at Rolex as well. Um, the giveaway actually won't be posted and probably until tomorrow. So <laughs> for those who might listen to that before, um, but actually to win the iPad, that will only be given away through, um, I believe, at the booth. But all the helmets can be given away online as okay. well. Okay, so I, I, it's going to be at ridersforhelmets.com? Yes. And all I have to do is register, and you have a bunch of different brands, too, usually do, anyway. We do, yes. I think we're going to have um, Charles Owen, Troxel, Tipperary, Ovation, 1K. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm going to forget somebody and be in so much trouble. Sam Shield. Um, yeah, so quite a lot of helmets. And they just uh, you basically just pick winners out of a hat? Is that what you've done in the past? Um, yes, we do. Okay. We actually, uh, from all the entries that come in online, they actually get printed into a, a spreadsheet. And then believe it or not, from there, they all get separated off and printed out. It's like a nightmare. It takes forever. <laughs> but, we, but we do it because we like to keep things fair. And then they all go in a hat. And literally, the entries from the booth and from um, online entries, that's how we actually pick our winner is completely randomly. You know, I don't think that people would care if you just closed your eyes and pointed to the spreadsheet. I, I think they, that they would probably cry. wouldn't, but believe it or not, that's how we did it last year. We lit- <laughs> it took hours. Let me tell you, I don't think people realize. One of the things that Lindsay always has had a propensity for since I've known her for years now is overcomplicating everything to create more work for herself. Um, I do do that. I'm not quite sure why. I really do do that. But I'm not kidding you that we had, you know, several thousand entries online last year and literally they got printed out onto those little sticker things, cut up and then put into a thing. And you have no idea how long that took. Okay. Why don't you just print them out, lay out all the sheets of paper around your floor and throw darts. I think I might do that. Yes. But I might even do it blindfolded to, you know, make things. Well, yeah, if you're going to do it blindfolded and you're throwing darts at your floor, make sure the cat's put away. Okay. Uh, Yes. I don't appreciate that. I'll probably wear like steel toe caps as well. (laughs) Now tell us a little bit too, uh, where, where the Riders for Helmets campaign is at this point. You guys have accomplished so much in just three years. You know, you said it seems like a long time and I'm sure for you it does, but yet in the scope of getting things done, the things that you've accomplished and, and the, the, 
influence that you've had over getting rules changed and things like that has been amazing for 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 an organization that's only three years old. Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, firstly, I obviously would like to thank everybody that supported the campaign for the last three years. But it, I mean, it is quite exciting at where the campaign's at at the moment. Obviously, to celebrate our third anniversary and still be going from strength strength to strength in growth is amazing. And um, I was just looking at the website statistics yesterday, actually, and we've had over 46,000 unique visitors to the website in the last 40 days. Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And there's equestrians coming in from all over the globe to that website on a regular basis. Um, you know, we've we held our fourth safety symposium this spring. Um, we'll be doing our fourth. I, I really don't know how these things come around so quickly. International Helmet Awareness Day uh, this summer, which we're not quite ready to announce the date yet, but watch this space. Um, yeah, so it's just amazing. You know, the, the the growth of the campaign shows no signs of slowing down anytime soon. And um, it's just wonderful to get so much support. Well, and I, I really like the stories that you get and that people tell on your Facebook page and also that you, you know, you post on the website. There's some amazing stories of people who have, who have worn helmets and not worn helmets and, and the results of both uh, after they fall off or get kicked. Uh, yeah, I think and and I think those stories are probably the ones that have the most impact over anything that we put out there. I mean, we have some great educational feature articles, but the ones that really get the most shares and you really see the most impact from are those that are written by written by everyday equestrians and they share their story. And then when people read them, they'll write you an email and say, I've just gone and bought my first helmet after watching you know, after reading one of the stories or watching a video on the website. It's amazing. I mean, it really does have an impact. And Courtney produced two new videos for the campaign, uh, which can be found under her section on the website, um, In again, back in February. And just they're getting terrific views already. I mean, her video from last year, I think, has had 60,000 plus views on YouTube now. And that's Courtney so, King Die, of course, you're talking yeah, about Yeah, Courtney yep. King Die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and she was, of course, the one that uh, really was the impetus for getting this all started after after her accident um, and and has been a supporter all along and is doing pretty well. You know, we talked to her on, on the show, I think, around Christmas time, and, and she she uh, she was in really good spirits when we talked to her. She is. I mean, Courtney is such a trooper, and she's been so wonderful that, you know, she continues to promote and educate helmet awareness you know in spite of her suffering a traumatic brain injury she's put it to good use and i think that's just amazing well very good so this is riders the number four helmets.com is where you register to win a helmet hop on over there today there's a ton of them to give away over ten thousand dollars worth this year that's just amazing that's a lot of helmets so hop on over to riders number four helmets.com thanks Lindsay. that's a lot of helmets <laughs> Um, yeah. so, so, you know, the address again was rider, the riders, the number for helmets.com is where you go register to win your helmet. So, and I know uh, last year I knew a couple of the people that ended up winning helmets and they were very, very excited about it because some of the helmets, you know, those Charles Owens helmets that you're talking four or 500 bucks. Oh, they're beautiful, gorgeous, worth every penny, but even better if you can win them. Yes. <laughs> Get them for free. Um, what are you riding? What helmet do you use now? I I ride in my Charles Owen Air Eight. Do you I love still it. Have your Air Eight? Okay. I still have my Air Eight. Yes, I love it. And it's holding up, and you're you're still liking it. I'm. Yep, yep. I love it very much. 
Cool. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I still use my Troxel. Uh, I had gotten one of the ones that has the leather covering. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I, yeah, yeah. The, the manly, yeah, cool, the Sierra, yeah, the cool, right? The Sierra. That's right. And I use that uh, in the winter and spring. Er, you know, in the summer, I can't use that one. That's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> so I use a different lighter weight one in the summer. But uh, I definitely use that one when I, when, I, when I need to look good or for pictures. Because I need all the help I can get. <laughs> when I need to look good. <laughs> I need all you know, the help I can get. Yes, that's true. We all do. We all need help every now and again, you know, unless you're Heidi Klum. But... Um, hey, I, I got somebody who want to say hi to you, uh, Rhonda from Canada. I met with uh, her, uh, or we met, Jennifer and I met her and her husband, Jason, at uh, Disney World. We ate at uh, England in Epcot uh, uh, last Thursday night, and she said to say hello. Oh, good. Yes. Hello, Rhonda. And I saw that lovely picture of you guys on Facebook. In fact, um it was nice to see you with Rhonda and her husband, you and, and Coach Jen, but I had to note that Coach Jen was looking very cute in her little outfit. She was wearing a sporty outfit, which is very unlike her. She was actually wearing a skirt, and it, it turned out it was a tennis skirt. She didn't know that when she bought it. Um, she bought this outfit because it was cool and, and you know comfortable for going to Disney. And uh, she discovered that she said, I don't know what this upside down pocket is underneath the skirt in, in the shorts part. Yeah. It had an upside down pocket. And I said, that's a, those are tennis. That's a tennis skirt. That's for your ball. For your that's tennis for your ball. ball <laughs> so, yes, she was looking sporty that day. It looks really cute on her, though. Like, it's all matchy matchy and she's all happy and stuff. It's really adorable. We had a great time with those guys. We had a wonderful dinner and uh, they were headed off right after uh, the next day, I think, to their seven day cruise on one of the Disney ships. So they had gotten, they had done a four day cruise, come for four days to Disney and then back on a seven day cruise, two cruises in two weeks. Mm. That's kind of nice. I gained about a hundred pounds. From eating, from eating. uh, Yeah. On the, on the ship. Yeah. Food is so good. And she said the desserts and everything are just wonderful. Mm. And we got to see uh, at Epcot, they have their big laser light show every evening. And we were seated at the restaurant at England in in Epcot. And it's right along the water. And I don't know who she knows, but she she got it. So we had tables that were right on the edge. So we were sitting there overlooking the lake and the fireworks show was right in front of us. So it was was really, really nice because it gets so crowded around the edge to that lake to watch. You sometimes end up standing four or five deep. So we, we had the best seats in the house. Was, how do you do it? I don't know how you I, do Rhonda it. Rhonda did it all. She's the Disney fanatic. They are fanatics. They make us look like we don't like Disney at all. Really? Yes. They are totally Disney nuts. That's yep. awesome. Like, I thought you guys were the ultimate Disney no, fans. No, they listen to all the pod- I listen to one Disney podcast. They listen to like five. Uh, there's like <laughs> multiple Disney podcasts out there. And they listen to them all. And they are Disney nerds. They know the whole thing. He is too. Jason's a super nice guy. I've never met him before. That's cool. Uh, yep. I love that. I like when so, you get together with the fans. That's really nice. Yeah, so if anybody's coming to Florida, heading to Disney, let us know. Jennifer and I'll come and meet you. We have we will take any excuse to take a day off and go to Disney. <laughs> no problem. All right, I'll be down in a couple hours. <laughs> I'm going to catch a flight. No problem. All right, let's do this. Before we get to Christy Lee Cook, I had some, one of our listeners posted on, I think it was the Horse Husbands Unite Facebook page, some man rules. And I, somebody wrote these down, and I thought they were they were 
dead on accurate and appropriate. Now, there's about 15 of what, 15 of them here. That's about. But I couldn't tell because they're all <laughs> number one. <laughs> yeah, it says right at the beginning. Please note, these are all numbered one on purpose. Because when I looked at it, too, I went. Uh, why are they all numbered one? Because they're all of equal priority is what he's trying to say. <laughs> and I only usually have two rules, uh, three actually. Men are simple. We only care about two things, sex and food. Mm. Um, this one expands upon that a little bit and actually puts some thought into it. So here we go. Okay. For all you women out there, take note of this. Can I make comments on them after sure, you say yeah, them? Sure, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 you can. Um, although they're all true, I don't know what you'd say. But okay. uh, number one, men are not mind readers. Agreed. And neither are women, for that matter, either. We sometimes... Yes, we are. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, okay. (laughs) We can read minds. Yes, we are. All right. Just keep going. Number one, learn to work the toilet seat. You're a big girl. If it's up, put it down. We need it up. You need it down. You don't hear us complaining about you leaving it down. That's because there are times when you need it down, too. Just saying. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. This one always bugged me because it was like, why is it my responsibility to make sure the seat's up? Now, I granted that you don't pee on the seat. I mean, I give you that. Okay, yes. so maybe you win that one just because of that. Yes. Okay, maybe maybe I'll give you that one. Now, Thanks. and I think that starts, too, when your kids. I grew up in a family where there were four boys, my father and my mother. So this was a huge deal because, you know, all of us little kids would pee on the seat because we wouldn't bother put it up. So it was a huge deal in our house, the whole seat up thing. Uh, and I can appreciate, I pity my poor mother. <laughs> yeah, well, she's the mom. And All right. All right uh, number one, crying is blackmail. Agreed. But boy, it works so well. It does. You guys. It really we does can't help well. it. We use it to our advantage, right? It's something that just happens, so we might as well make it work for now, us. Now, you're, you're not a you know squishy, gushy, overly gushy kind of girl. I'm sorry. Who have you been working with for the last 10 years? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, you're not yes, one I of am. the... Oh, are you? I am. I am. I am. You put on a front then. You put on your Italian well, face. And, you know what? Yeah. It's, there's, a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invoke astrology here. Apparently, my, I have a Taurus rising sign. So, I, so there's how you are really, how you appear to other people, and then how you appear to yourself. So my rising sign is a Taurus, and so I appear to other people as a little bit of a bull. <laughs> yeah, that give you that. That's true. A little bit bullish, but really, I'm a true Cancer. I'm I'm really mushy on the inside. Super sensitive. Totally emotional. Yeah, I cry at Hallmark commercials. I love everybody. I want there to be magic in the world and sparkly goodness. And I cry. Now, do you cry intentionally as blackmail? No. Okay. So you don't use that. It's not. I a cannot tool. control my crying. Okay, it's not but, a tool. But no, it's not a tool. Okay, All right. just checking. There is no hey, but. Did you see? Speaking of how you see yourself, those three things you just said. Mm-hmm. Did you see the video I posted on Facebook here? I'll put it on our Stable Scoop page of the artist uh, that that uh, video of the artist who drew the women. No, he was a police sketch artist. This is a fascinating video. I think it was a for a. I'm trying to remember who it was for. It was maybe a, a cosmetics company or something. But he brought women in, and they could he couldn't see them. They were on the other side of a screen. And he had them describe themselves, and he drew them. 
Now, this is a police artist, so he's good at, you know, that kind of thing. And he would talk to him, and he would get the description, and he drew him. And then he had, they had all met other women in the, in, and had paired off and done a little thing uh, before they came in the room. They brought their, their pairing person, another woman, into the room, and that woman then described the one who had just been in. Huh. Then he took those two paint, those two drawings, the one the woman described herself and the one of the person who had just met her described her, and you would not believe the difference. And then they hung them up together, and they brought these women back in to see how they see themselves and how others see them. And I'll tell you what, it was these people, these women broke down in tears when they saw how they see themselves as compared to how others see them. Really? Oh my gosh! It was it was very emotional and very strong, and and of course, women saw themselves as fatter, you oh. know, with rounder faces, and you know, with uh, you know, just in general, uglier. Um, and it was amazing, and it was every one of them. And he <sighs> he did about twenty sets of these, and it was every one of them. We you know, it was amazing to see the difference and to see their faces when they looked at because they didn't know what was happening. They didn't know this was going to be the ultimate outcome. Right. So it was very, very interesting. And it speaks to what you just talked about. You know, how we see ourselves is much different than how other people see us. Yeah. And it's usually worse. You know, our version of ourselves is worse. Um, uh, Okay, number one, ask for what you want. Let us be clear on this one. Subtle hints don't work. Strong hints don't work. Obvious hints don't work. Just tell us. Yeah, we're not real good at the hint thing. Yeah. No. no. Uh, you give me that one. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> number, right. Number one, yes or no are perfectly acceptable answers to almost every question. Ah, uh, this one drives me nuts with my wife. I'm just like, just give me a yes or no. Oh, I want a yes or no. I don't really care. I just want a yes or no. You know. All right. I don't I, want I conditions. Have... I don't want all that stuff. I just want a yes or no because I don't want to decide. Just you decide. Because I don't want to decide. I have no opinion on that. That's right. I don't really care. We care about sex and food. If it doesn't involve that, <laughs> tell me yes or no. <laughs> Come to us with a problem only if you want to help solving it. That's what we do. Sympathy is what your girlfriends are for. Ah, oh, <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> I know. I don't like that one. It's true, but I don't like it. Number one, anything we said six months ago is inadmissible in an argument. In fact, all comments become null and void after seven days. Nope, you no way. You women have you the longest memories in the yep. world. Yep. Ten years later. Nope, you get nothing. That, that Strike that man rule. <laughs> and that's Italian coming out there, too. You Italians, you remember for 20 years. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yes, we do. In fact, 20, we never forget. No. It's just a blanket statement. We never forget. Italian women never forget. <laughs> I got to give Jennifer. She's pretty good about that. If you think you're fat, you probably are. Don't ask us. Mm. So True, deep. because, mo- yeah, all right. <laughs> if you have to ask, don't ask. Right. If something we said can be, in- that goes back to that uh, video I just talked about. If something we said can be interpreted two ways and one of the ways makes you sad or angry, we meant the other one. <laughs> <laughs> If you can't either ask us to do something or tell us how you want it done, not both. Or, oh, you can either ask us to do something or tell us how you want it done, not both. If you already know best how to do it, just do it yourself. But then we won't be able to boss you around, and that's no fun. (laughs) That's true. But okay, I'll give you that one. Whenever possible, please say whatever you have to say during commercials. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Just turn the damn TV off. Okay, let's go ride. <laughs> Number one, Christopher Columbus did not need directions and neither do we. Right. Then you can go out on your little boat and sail around in circles. <laughs> I give I give in on that one. I hate asking for directions. I'm just the same as every other man. I'm well, nobody guilty. needs to ask for directions anymore. We all have GPSs or navigation systems on our phones. Yeah, so I that's just actually wish they didn't get you lost sometimes. Ours just does, seems to... Or they take you through some really seedy neighborhoods. Yeah, that's true. She like, seems here. to want to get us killed. Recalculating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Can you get me a gun while you're at it? <laughs> Number one, all men see in only 16 colors, like Windows default settings. <laughs> Peach, for example, is a fruit, not a color. Pumpkin is also a fruit. We have no idea what mauve is. So <laughs> that's blue or red or purple. That's true. what we see. And, you know, it's true, though, with uh, what is with companies like Carrots and all these companies coming up with these weird names for colors? It's like a contest. You can see who can come up with the most bizarre under. Un- unintelligible names for colors. Well, you know, I can see that certain color. Okay. So here's what I would say. Here's the middle ground. Um, Crayola has it right. 64 colors, right? 64 crayons. Yeah, but there's some weird ones in there too. 64. No, like burnt sienna. Yeah. Like I have no idea what that is. All right, fine. So there may be 12 (laughs) colors. I mean, there's obviously more than red, yellow, and blue, Right. The three primary colors. Windows, you're, pink. A, you're a web designer. Windows has it right. 16 colors. Pfft, done. 16 colors. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, this is actually Photoshop has it right. Or not even Photoshop, but just the web has it right. You need a hex code. You need some kind yes, of like funky, million different colors. infinite code. Yeah, but they don't give them different names like burnt. They don't. Sienna. They just give them numbers. Yeah, yeah that's right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Pantone, you know. Yeah. Canteen, Pantone. Do you remember, though, when we first started designing websites back in the 90s, there were 16 colors, and you didn't use any variations of that. You used those 16 That's right. colors. That they were was web, it. They still, there's still a web-ready, web, web ready, re, I forget it. I don't even use it anymore, but there's still like a web-safe. That's yes, what it is, web-safe web colors. Which I think has changed a little now. But, it has quite a bit, but yeah. you know, it there's, it's be. still an option when you're saving, when you're flattening like Photoshop files and you want to save... All right. Well, let me run through the rest of these. If we okay, have, yeah, uh, we by the way, Yeah, we have to we have to get on with this. This is these a long the, list. No more lists for us. These are the man rules. Okay, if we ask rules. you what is wrong and you say nothing, we will act like nothing is wrong. <laughs> if you ask a question you don't want an answer to, expect an answer you don't, don't want to hear. Want to hear. Okay. That's pretty good of anybody, though. That's male or female. When we have to go somewhere, absolutely anything you wear is fine, really. <laughs> True. Whatever okay. you want. I don't care. Don't ask us what we're thinking about unless you're prepared to discuss football or motorsports. Mm, no, got to disagree. <laughs> got to disagree. There has to be communication. The next one of these is pretty good. You have enough clothes? Never. You have too many shoes. And Never. you do, Helena, have too many shoes. I do not. There's no such thing. I am in shape. Round is a shape. Fine. And thank you for reading this. Yes, I know. I have to sleep on the couch tonight. But did you know men really don't mind that? It's like camping. So. But that's that. that Okay, so if all that's really important to men is sex and food, that's half, you know. You're, yeah, because you're we're just, closer to the refrigerator. Oh, you're closer to the refrigerator. <laughs> so you'll give up one yes, in exchange right. for proximity to the so other. We have two. We're good. Or one of the two. We're in good shape. Okay. <laughs> There you go. There's my list. Uh, I, I said thank you to whatever listener posted it. Dave Windu, I would love that. Okay. Well, let's take a break here for commercial and go directly over to Christy Lee Cook, American Idol and Horse Girl. She was seventh in season seven. And I think you're going to like the conversation Jennifer and I had with her. We got caught up with her a couple days ago. 
Hi all, Glenn the Geek here, and we're excited to bring you a special offer for Horse Radio Network listeners from one of my favorite companies, and that is Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 85,000 titles to choose from in every genre. Thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, sports, and so much more. Audible titles play on your iPhone, your Kindle, your Android, or more than 500 different devices that you can listen anytime, anywhere. My wife and I love Audible books. We've been a member of Audible since 2004 and have listened to over 100 books uh, with Audible. What horse person, you know, who has time as a horse person to sit down and to read a book anymore? Yet, I found the time to listen to books on Audible. When I'm not listening to podcasts while I'm riding, cleaning stalls, or at the gym, or driving, I'm listening to Audible books. And for the listeners of the Horse Radio Network, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash hrn. That's audibletrial.com slash HRN for Horse Radio Network. And you can download your free audiobook and get your 14-day free trial today. If you can't remember that, just check out our website and you'll find a link to it right there. Enjoy your book. We know you will. My daddy was a soldier in a foreign war. But he doesn't like to talk about it anymore He kept a picture of my mama right by his heart He gave it one last look before the fighting would start He said, all I ask is that you don't forget Cause the war's not over There's a part of me that will always be Just a boy in a hole with an M16 Airborne Ranger Infantry Well, hi, Christy Lee. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Horse Radio Network. We appreciate you taking time out. Hey, no problem. It's my pleasure. Now, I just listened to Airborne Ranger Infantry again. And I'll tell you what, it makes me cry every time. It's Good. a powerful song. It is. And then I was reading some of the comments underneath it, and uh, you you have affected so many people who served in in every war uh, with that song. Yeah, it's you know, I, I didn't know what the song would do when we released it. I just kind of, you know, wrote it for my dad and, and for everybody that had served and is serving, and it just um, it just kind of became you know, an anthem for a lot of um, people. And it, it was really neat to see how, you know, how much of an impact that it had. Well, it definitely has. Now, did you write it yourself? Um, I wrote it with a couple of friends of mine, um, Michael Logan and Luke Sheets. And we took my dad's poems and, um, and just, you know, took pieces out of each poem and put them all together. And um, Michael Logan came up with the melody. It was, as soon as, as soon as we started playing the melody, we knew that, you know, that was it. And it was just really, really neat um, the way it all, you know, came together. It was just perfect. And it's one of those songs that sticks with you as well. Yeah, uh, it, it's definitely got a power, powerful and, um, you know, just a really kind of sad but also real lyric to it, you know. 
Well, Jennifer and I are huge fans of yours. We voted for you when you were on American Idol. Uh, as we said earlier, you were in the seventh season, and you came in seventh place. And then we got, yeah. to, we got to see you on the tour, too. So that was fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a, Where did you guys uh, see me at on the tour? We saw you, oh, was it in Massachusetts or Pennsylvania? I don't remember now where we were at the time. Okay. We, we've seen most of the tour shows. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Now, we I had was, a great time. I was surprised when I looked and, and was doing my research today how long ago it was already. <laughs> it's like, has it really been that long ago? Yeah, uh, isn't that crazy? It was 2008 is when I was on there. I know. It's been five years Five years already. ago. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, you did take uh, some flack, by the way, not from us, but you took some flack because one of the things that came out in the show, and there were some horse people upset about this, is that you sold one of your horses to be able to go do the show. Now, to, to as a point, Jennifer and I have sold horses to do things as well when we needed the money. I mean, most horse people have. There were a few out there that were like, how could you do that? Well, it's a fact of life when you're a horse person. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so. it's, you know, it, it was, I had a couple that I didn't want to sell him and it was priorities. It was like, you know, I've got too many horses right now and I was going to put the other one up that I was training to sell anyways, because that, that, that's kind of something that I like to do as well. I like to get young horses or rescue a horse and retrain them and rehabilitate them and then find them a good home. That way I can rescue more horses, you know? So that was kind of one thing that I had done. But this one, Montana, um, I bought him at an auction, and I paid 320 bucks for him. <laughs> and um, I just, when I first saw him, there was just something about him that I just, like, fell in love with. And I was not going to let the guy there uh, buy him. He was buying all the cheap horses for, you know, small. And, um, and so I was like, you're not getting this horse. And um, so... <laughs> I got lucky and I got him and took him home and he was just, he was just the most animated, funny horse I've ever owned. And I didn't want to sell him. I, I patterned him. I trained him. I, you know, he was just, he was so awesome. And I, I really didn't want to sell him. That's why I put like two other ones up for sale at the same time. And I marked him up hoping that he wouldn't sell. You know, I was kind of like, well, you know what? If somebody wants him, they're going to have to pay the money for him because I'm not, I don't want to sell him. And, um, I honestly didn't think that somebody was going to pick him out of the other ones that I had and they did. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and they came, they drove six hours and came down and rode him and fell in love with him. And the next day they bought him and took him back home. And the guys had him ever since, um, he keeps in touch with me and he's, it's, I'm, you know, I'm really happy that he's got a good home. That's one of the things that I make sure that the horses get if I do, you know, have a horse that I sell is that I find him a good home. And, um, and so he got a good home and that was, you know, my main priority. He keeps in touch with me all the time. And it's just really neat that he's still, you know, keeping in touch and kind of keeping me posted on how he's doing. And, um, he actually won horse of the year, um, I think once or twice, and he broke a couple records in barrel racing up in Washington. So, oh, cool! He became quite a little stud horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Now, growing up, Christy Lee, were you a kid who sang a lot and loved horses, or were you a horse kid who sang a lot? Um, I was a horse kid that sang a lot. Um, my 
first experience on a horse was when I was two years old. Um, I sat on a big gray racehorse up at, um, oh gosh, what's the old racetrack down at, uh, in Washington. Um, oh, I can't remember. My dad used to work at Long Acres. And, uh, my dad used to work there when he was younger, but I sat on a big gray thoroughbred, um, and then I had been in love with horses ever since. And then I started, you know, I was singing when I was little, but I didn't, Obviously, when I was really little, I didn't, like, think I was going to be a singer one day. I just sang, you know. I thought that was normal. And uh, <laughs> and so um, when I got a little older, when I was about 13, I had already been writing and stuff. And that's when I kind of decided that I wanted to um, uh, become a singer. So, <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so there, there you went. So... Did you comp- did you have an immediate affinity for barrel racing, or did you lo- try lots of different disciplines before you settled into barrel racing? Um, most of it was, you know, when I was younger, like we didn't have a lot of money and stuff, and I had a I bought a, I rescued a little horse for three hundred bucks, and she was a little Arabian. She was my first horse, um, and I think I was about I think I was about twelve. Um, maybe probably actually, I think I was maybe 11. I was riding my friend's horses up until then, but when I got about 11 or 12, I was able to get my own horse and I did all my own training and I had a, um, you know, lady where I was boarding help me with midnight and kind of at that age, I was more of the, (laughs) like, let's go off in the mountains in the middle of nowhere by ourselves kind of person. (laughs) So I just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was very brave and had a lot of crazy experiences and that horse was like my guardian angel at times and um you know we had just so many experiences I mean I was I was homeschooled so after school I would literally go ride up in the mountains for like five hours uh, in the mountains by myself you know and it was just um it was uh it was an experience but it was a lot of fun so I was more of like a trail riding crazy person um, you know how many of our <laughs> listeners right now are jumping up and down and screaming and give their eye teeth to have grown up like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was very fortunate. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better way of, you know, homeschooling was so great because I had the one-on-one attention and I um, had more time with my my family and my mom and actually school wasn't as long. I didn't have the peer pressure and it made my morals and everything else just strong, you know, and um, I learned a lot. And then it was like, man, when school was over, I, I, I still played you know, sports with the, with the high school, and I went to all the dances, but I was just like, y'all have, you know, all these class breaks and hours and hours of school, and I'm riding my horse in the mountains. It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, most parents want their kids to get into horses, especially girls, because they find boys later. Did that happen with you, too? I got my first boyfriend when I was 17. Oh, well, then yeah. it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he played baseball. I was playing softball. <laughs> So, so now you you do you also do some trick training because I just saw a picture that you posted on Twitter or Facebook I don't know which one of you uh, beside a horse that was uh, sitting down you you find that fun is that a good time yeah yeah you know um, most every well actually every horse that I get in um, you know that I rescue or whatnot or I'm training I always lay them down it just kind of helps them to trust you you know and it kind of teaches them that that they like. A lot of horses I've gotten in, you know, they've had a bad life previously and they don't trust humans. And so they fight really hard. And it's a matter of like giving in and just, you know, going, okay, I, 
I'm choosing to do this, you know, like I, I like to give horses opportunities to make their own choices. And um, instead of just telling them what to do, I like to give them the option and then they can decide, you know. Um, and it's just a lot of my horses that have come in and a lot of them that have gone out, They once they've laid down, it just changes their attitude a lot on um, trust and it, it just helps them a lot. It's really weird. I don't know what it is, but it's like being reborn again kind of thing. You get them down and you just set them all over and, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And I actually, I know you know the friend of mine that taught me how to do that was uh, Dan James with Double Jam- Dan Horsemanship. Oh, yeah. We've had um, Dan on. Yeah. 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 So uh, he's a good buddy of mine. He's one of my best friends. And, what a um, small he world. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Road to the horse, Dan James. Yeah. 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 What That's a small him. world. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, fast forward a few years, post-American Idol, Christy Lee Cook, musician and country music star, is now crazy busy and, judging by your Facebook page, travels continuously 24-7. What? How has the role that the horses in your life has has that changed from Christy Lee, the horse gal who sang a lot, to Christy Lee, the musician who has horses? It's a lot different, I will tell you, because um, horses are kind of my my like my therapy, and they just make me so happy. And singing makes me so happy, but it also can be very stressful. Um, and so I really like to get away and, you know, have horses. Unfortunately, I don't have any horses here in Tennessee. Um, all my horses are being ridden by my best friend. She's going to go for her pro card this year with a couple of my barrel horses. And, um, and so it's just kind of, you know, it's sad because, um, I don't get to see them, but I'm also debating on bringing one over here because it's just torture being here without any of my animals. And, uh, so it's, it's really different, you know, cause I am so busy, but I wanted to be smart about it. If I did bring a horse, you know, I didn't want him to just sit and, you know, never see me. So, um, it's really a lot of process trying to figure out when's a good time to bring it, if I should. And, you know, I don't want to bring one over here and them see me once a month. So I'd have to find somewhere that would, um, work them and give them attention. And that's hard to do too. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a totally different world than the other way around when I was, <laughs> when I was, it was horses, you know, now it's, <laughs> it's not work. And then, you know, maybe every now and then I get to go play. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, all the better for it. So you were, were on American Idol and many, many, many folks all over the world, uh, idolized you because they, you got to live that dream of becoming a musician. Do you have a horse idol, somebody in the horse universe that, um, really had a huge influence on you or that you would love to meet someday? Um, I do have somebody that was a great influence on me working me with horses. Uh, he taught me how to cut. His name's Punk Carter out of Texas. He's a Hall of Fame cutting trainer. Um, and he used to be a judge at the NCHA. And um, he's a, just a very, he's, he's a very good person. His whole family is just amazing. And, you know, I kind of looked up to him um and I, I learned how to cut from him and he was my, my coach and, you know, and, uh, it was just a lot of, it was a lot of fun being able to work with somebody of his status, you know, cause I mean, he's a very big trainer. I don't know if you guys know him, but, um, you know, he's, he's in the hall of fame and he just has amazing horses and, um, and yeah, that's, he's kind of one of the ones that I look, looked up to growing up horse wise. Um, and I would, you know, 
I'm trying to think if there's someone that I wanted to meet because the other person that I, I really admire their training is obviously Dan because I think it's amazing mm-hmm. that their horses, what they, you know, what they can do, they can do it with, I mean, I, I went riding with him down in Australia one time and I was on his horse bareback and bridalist going oh, on a trail ride and I'm like, okay, <laughs> if I had my horse doing this right now, he's a racehorse. And I swear, like, I would die because <laughs> he would just be racing through the mountains. And, um, and you know, I mean, he's like, okay, touch her here to stop and touch her here to turn. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay, what if I forget and I touch him where he's supposed to go faster instead of stop? <laughs> so, you know, they're just they're so trained. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And so um, I definitely look up to him and his training techniques because, uh, you know, Obviously, this last year he had a rough go. I know Dan uh, really well, and I I know his ability to train, and I know that for for what he where he placed this year, and and watching that little horse he was working, he he had a really really tough horse. And sometimes you just get those, you know. Sometimes you just get the look of the draw, and it's a bad horse, and they're just stubborn as as you know. It's just um, it's just. But yeah, he's. He's definitely probably one of the best trainers I've ever seen. Um, so I, I look up to his training for sure. And, of course, uh, you know, you're talking about Road to the Horse this year where we just had Guy McLean on, I think, last week. Uh, and we've followed Guy since he's come over here. And, of course, he and Dan are very good friends. Um, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and fellow, you know, fellow Australians, but uh, they know each other pretty well and they do some things together and, and they, they do make a good team. And, of course, they were a team last year. Well, Christy Lee, thank you so much for joining us and talking about your horses. We really appreciate it. It's good to hear your voice back. Uh, and that you're, I know. Uh, <laughs> you know what it did do? It gave you time to spend with your horses over the last couple of months. Things always happen for a reason, right? Oh, man, I'm telling you what. That was the nicest. That was the best break. I was with my horses for about three months, and uh, it was really nice. But I didn't like not talking. Not that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we did get to see you pictures of you riding into town. Was it a fast food or a, a ice cream place you you ride through? Um, I forget now. Well, every time we'd haul into town, we go to the fairgrounds and work at the arena. And um, you know, in town there was a Dairy Queen and a Dutch Brothers coffee stand, and we always went to Dairy Queen and Dutch Brothers. That's kind of our thing, and um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You know, we're walking on the sidewalk and stopping at the light, waiting for it to turn green, and. I've always ridden in towns, and it's been, you know, it's just something that's so much fun. And it's funny because it's, you know, that's kind of how it was back in the day, and people should do it more often because it's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Christy Lee. We appreciate you being on. Christy Lee Cook, give out your website. Oh, uh, it's uh, christyleecook.com. And thank you for having me on anytime. Because the war's not over when the fight is. There's a part of us that will always be Just boys in a hole with our M16s Haunted souls and memories Airborne Ranger Infantry So, wonderful interview with Christy Lee Cook. It's nice to have a real celebrity on our show (laughs) and now we are going to what do we have next we have tack and habit
it. And this Tack and Habits segment is sponsored by The Barnworks, marketing services and more for small businesses. You can check us out online at thebarnworks.com. Very good. And you have the product for today. I do have a product, and it's kind of interesting. I said it could help with food, with eating, but it's it's not something you can eat. It's actually something that you can help, that can help you prepare your foods. Um, I actually found this product while searching for things for Chasing a Fox, another little business venture that I'm associated with. And it is, well, it they are, they're equestrian bit-handled <laughs> serving boards or cutting boards. They're gorgeous, um, like cutting boards, you know, wooden cutting boards. And you know how they have like meat carving boards? Yep. So yep, like yep. for Thanksgiving, you carve your turkey yep. and it's got the channels around them to catch the juice and stuff. Yeah. Well, these boards are made from absolutely beautiful woods, like really gorgeous mahogany and maple woods. And that they're accented on the end. Instead of a handle, the handle is actually a bit, a, a snaffle bit. So they like a take half the bit or... No, they take the whole thing. Oh, okay. And they actually, you they, there's two-handled uh, carving boards, and then there's one-handled carving boards. But the woods are absolutely stunning. And they, you mean you can use them as a serving board, you can use them as a carving board, and they have all different kinds and and all different sizes. Um, but so they're so in other words, if you wanted to hang it up in your kitchen, you know, if you're the kind of chef or foodie who likes to display his or her serving ware. This would actually make a gorgeous addition to anybody's kitchen. Um, and, and it works. It's functional and it's beautiful. Who are they made by? They are made by a company called Soundview Millworks and they're based in Darien, Connecticut. Um, and they make a variety of really nice custom wood products. They, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually on their website checking out some of the boards they have here. And uh, you're right. It, I guess they, the bits are not loose. They, oh, they use... Uh, they use, they don't use uh, broken bits. That's that's so the bits are sturdy. They're they're sturdy, yeah, right? Yeah. They actually do function as handles. Yeah. Um. And so, but you can see how beautiful the woods are. Yeah, they have they are. like you know gore, and it's hardwood. It's not something that's going to. It's mostly maple, and then they have accented um, with mahogany, which just it's stunning. And then they have these beautiful carvings. So they have ones with like lobsters on them and swordfish, and then of course they have the equestrian. And you can get, you're right, you can get different sizes. So if you want a cheese board or if you want to go a little larger and have a full-size cutting board, you can do that as well. But, I mean, these make absolutely amazing one-of-a-kind gifts. Like, no one's ever going to, you know, you're going you're gonna to go down in history if you give one of these as a gift. Now, they're expensive as far as carving boards go, but they're not terribly expensive in terms of one-of-a-kind gifts. So a small one might be $70, and then the largest of the large, which could which is huge, um, would be $115. So the small is 10 and a half inches. It's 10 and a half by 13 and a half by 13. And it's about three quarters of an inch thick. And the large one is 15 inches by 20 inches. And that's one inch thick. So these are pretty, yeah, that's like two feet long. Yeah. yeah these are yeah. hefty, hefty. Um, I, I call them works of art. They're absolutely beautiful. So I think they make a lovely gift. Um, worth the pennies. I would use them. Um, soundviewmillworks.com and they're the equestrian bit boards. Yeah, they are beautiful. My uh, my dad and brother used to, my brother still builds uh, custom kitchens uh, for a living and my dad used to do a lot of woodworking and, and uh, do things similar to this and, and it 
it, it is difficult to get the uh, patterns that they have in here. Yes. They use the wood to do that, and it's just time-consuming, and that's why, that's why these are a, a classier gift. Yeah, they're, and they're all handmade. And one of the really nice things about the company, and this is what really attracted me to Soundview Millworks, was that they work with local mill shops and lumber yards, and they take all of the trimmings and the shorts, so the excess from hmm. the mills and the lumber yards, and so they use it, which is there's they're really cutting down on waste, hmm. which I think is wonderful. So they use American maple, Santos mahogany, and so that's quality wood. They're, all their stuff is um, they like whatever they their their processes and the things that they purchase, the raw materials that they purchase, follow the Forestry Stewardship Council standards, which is it's just a governing body that helps promote responsible management and of like sustainable forestry. They're not you know they're not clear cutting and right. leaving a barren land. So I think that's really they're it's really nice. When you can find them at soundviewmillworks.com seems to be the website. Yep. And we'll post links to that as well as photos. Soundviewmillworks.com. Well, there's a different one. We have never done anything like that before. Now you're finding all this cool stuff. Now you're looking around the internet a lot. Yes, I am looking around the internet quite a bit. Because <laughs> I had not seen this one before. That's yeah. terrific. Cool. Very good. Thank you, Helena. And thank you, everybody, for joining us again this week. We really appreciate you being here. Don't forget that we have eight different shows on the Horse Radio Network. You can find them all at horseradionetwork.com. And right now, it, you know what's going on, and we're not there as Rolex. I know. Uh, That's a first. We're not at Rolex. I know. We just decided that we had too much going on right now to make the trip up to Lexington. It used to be four miles from my house, but can't do that anymore. So uh, we hope uh, everybody has a terrific weekend out there. It's a little chilly. It's in the 50s and low 60s there. And, you know, you and I have been to Rolex at all different weather. They have, <laughs> with yeah. the one year we had tornado warnings and they kicked everybody out of the park. Oh, gosh. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, you'll get everything from excessive heat to cold. Uh, and then one year, years ago, it actually snowed a little bit. So, um, that which was unusual at the end of April in Lexington. Yeah. But uh, we wish everybody the best that's out at Rolex. And then, of course, next week. Uh, is the Kentucky Derby, and we'll be doing a little coverage of that on Horses in the Morning uh, this coming week. So if you tune into Horses in the Morning, we're going to have a, uh, several different guests all talking about the uh, Run for the Roses at, at, at next Saturday in Louisville. Run for the Roses. Yay, I love it. We love the Kentucky Derby. Jennifer and I sit down, and we get our adult beverages, and we watch it every year for sure. That's, uh, that's one adult of beverages. You guys have been drinking a lot of adult beverages lately. <laughs> Florida must we do that. We live in too. Florida. It's required. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, we might have uh, two or three wine coolers a week. You know, we're real alcoholics down here. Ooh, yeah. two or three a <laughs> week. Stretching it. I had an, actually had a uh, alcoholic beverage uh, at dinner the other night with Rhonda. Yeah. And uh, I was what feeling a little tipsy after. I it was something. I don't know, some exotic thing with a bunch of different alcohols, you know, right. sort of like a Long Island iced tea kind of thing. Yeah, just stay away from anything with sugar in it. That one got me, and I only needed one, so I'm a lightweight now. Yeah, I'm a lightweight. <laughs> I have a new drink. I have a big yeah. girl drink now. Yeah? I was never much of a drinker. I mean, we, we joke about, like, having wine and stuff, but I really... Yeah, that's about the most we ever... <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm barely 5'3", five 5'3", three, five three, and so a half a glass of red wine would put me under the table. <laughs> But um, so I was never really a big drinker. However, 
once I hit a certain age group, I decided that I was going to live a little <laughs> and, and, and expand my, well, I, I want to expand all my horizons. So my food horizons, I'm, I mean, like I've actually eaten sushi now, like real sushi, wow. hot peppers on purpose. So I'm really expanding. And then, so I, now my new drink. Oh, so beyond Boone's Farm uh, wine now, we're going to something new? Yes, we're going to okay. something new. This is seriously big girl drink. You ready? Yeah. Okay. My new favorite drink is a dirty vodka martini. Ooh, that's straight up stuff. That's like drinking hairspray. That No, it's, it's okay, Grey Goose vodka, yep. which is very smooth. It's not as like, you know, when you drink it, it doesn't give you that heat in your chest that most vodkas give you. So Grey Goose with olive juice. Two That's of those what makes... would put you under the table. No. No? Uh-uh. I've had two. And in fact, I had three. Oh, wow. <laughs> you were really stepping out. I wasn't driving, <laughs> yeah. but I had three. And I was fine. Over, okay, granted, it was over a 12-hour period. <laughs> but I'm like, a, I love salt. I love olives. And so it's really just vodka with olive juice in it. Yeah, that's like an Italian drink right there. I don't know. I've never had a martini in my life. I've never even had like a gin martini. Mm-hmm. So, or I might have had it once thinking I was cool and it was like sucking gasoline out of the pump. <laughs> but um, I don't know what made me think about it. So I guess I saw it on a menu somewhere and it described the olive juice and I must have been having a salt craving. So I said, let's give it a try. And I said, damn, this is good. And now that's my new drink. I'm a big girl. You're a big girl now. Wow. <laughs> You're growing up, Helena. I know. <laughs> Dirty vodka martinis, but you can mess it up. So if your bartender brings you a dirty vodka martini, it should taste not like <laughs> high octane gasoline. Okay. Just saying. All right, all right. Should actually have some flavor to it, not just alcohol flavor. Right. It should taste like olive juice. You know, when we used to, when we lived in Lexington, we'd go to the bourbon tastings, you know, the bourbon uh, distilleries, yeah. and, and they'd do tastings. <clears throat> and they always made a mistake at the bourbon distilleries because they'd give you the cheap stuff and then the medium stuff, and then you get to taste the good stuff. And you, by the time you take the cheap stuff and the medium stuff, the good stuff just tastes like, as you said, high-octane alcohol. I mean, it just it just all tastes the same after a while. After you get that oh. taste in your mouth. And I'm not a big bourbon person anyway. It just sort of all tastes like, oh, you know. And uh, now I'm a fruity drink guy. I'm, I'm a girly drink guy. Jennifer always makes fun of me. You just have to be careful with that sugar. I know. She makes fun That's of me. That's what knocks I, you out. I like girly drinks. All right, Helena, that's enough talk about alcohol. We're out of here. We are out of here. Next week. Yeah, we'll be back. Until then, happy scooping.